write like you speak with the rhythms of human speech and in as few words as possible william zinser hello and thank you for joining me today on the podcast of pmisfb area chapter back to basics season 1 for the professionals of project management in bay area and this is me your host priya kaur Not everything you did in your professional career is worth mentioning on your resume or professional profile. Why? Now that's a lesson learned hard way by many, but maybe not by you if you plan to stick along with us today. In our last podcast episode, we talked about the current market hiring trends through the topic what the hiring managers are looking for. And today we will talk about the refinement of the very first step to get that dream job with our guest Joyce Guan West. Joyce is a passionate career coach, interview coach, resume and LinkedIn profile writer and a business coach. She enjoys change management, turnarounds and strategically fixing problems and fueling growth. And today we have her on our podcast to enlighten us about the very basic but crucial tool of landing a job and that is the resume. So what What is the importance of having a professionally written resume in today's competitive world is what we are going to be discussing along with a sprinkle of valuable tips and suggestions to help you frame your profile better. There is a lot coming up, so stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Joyce. It's a pleasure to have you on our show today to shed some light on the significance of a professionally written resume in today's cutthroat competitive job market. I'm so excited to have you today. Wonderful, uh, Priya. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure is all mine. Joyce, uh, just to start with, for all those who do not know you, could you please introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. So I am a career coach, executive coach, and business coach. And most of my career has been as a VP of sales and entrepreneur and founder. And uh, with that experience, I now help people effectively sell themselves, both on paper through their resume, LinkedIn profile, uh, as well as in interviews, which is essentially how you land a job in a competitive market like the one we're in now. And then once I help my clients land an amazing new job, I also help them get onboarded at their new roles. And I coach a lot of them on an ongoing basis to help them succeed in their new roles, continue leveling up and continue building their leadership skills. Joyce, I really like the way you mentioned that you help people sell themselves. <laughs> that was the right way to promote yourself. Tell me, Joyce, why did you think a career in resume and LinkedIn profile writing could be something that people would be interested in and uh, you know you will get people interested to get their resume rewritten or profiles rewritten by you as a professional yeah absolutely that's a great question um over the last few years a lot has really changed in terms of the best practices around getting a job and as we start tracking metrics across every department within an organization it's really important to not list just what you did but also talk about how good you were at it and the impact key accomplishments and success metrics around your work and so um, more than ever there are a lot of do's and don'ts in terms of what to do on your resume uh what information to include how much of it and so on and so forth uh for instance one really common thing i work with clients on 
is how many years of experience to keep on their resume and yeah. as well as whether to include education dates or not. So um, there's really a, a fine art uh, which comes with experience and knowing the best practices uh, in evaluating every client's experience and putting in just the right amount of of experience where you know they're not going to get disqualified for being overqualified or having too many years of work experience uh, and then with folks who have less experience uh, finding ways of really making that experience count and making it as impactful as possible wow that's um, a great insight yeah as a candidate you would probably want to write everything about yourself every single experience and i think mm -hmm. rightly said it takes a lot of experience and it takes a professional to really evaluate what part of your career journey is important to be put out there on your resume or your linkedin profile yeah priya you're exactly right i think you hit the nail on the head a lot of people come to me after they've tried to write their uh rewrite their resume and their linkedin profiles and they they just say i've spent five or ten hours trying to do this and i'm just so frustrated i'm so lost and I don't know what to take out because I feel like all of it's important. It's really hard to write about myself. So we take all that guesswork out of it and um, it's just a lot easier since I'm taking an objective view and I can help people um, go from saying like, I don't know how to cut down this five page resume uh -huh. down to you know, one or two pages and you know, I help them very efficiently do it. So you know, I think at the end of the day, you can spend a lot of time uh, doing this through trial and error, but mm -hmm. the cost of wasting time and not getting interviews and not working for a longer period of time or being in a job that you really don't like or where you're underpaid um, is really costly. And uh, the ROI around having a resume that you, you're confident is just going to work and is going to land you interviews and get you into that next job sooner is really, really strong. That really is a serious business, Joyce. No joke. No joke <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay, apart from this uh, resume writing and, you know, beautifying the profiles to land jobs, you are also a career coach. How is this journey like? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, thanks for asking. And it really is a journey. And, um, you know, what I love about the career coaching side of things is everyone one's journey is unique and different. Uh, but the, the main steps that um, I use as checkpoints to go through with every client and when I talk with them, you know, I explain are the main steps and then I ask them, you know, where they're really needing support and help. Um, you know, there, there are a handful of different steps. So the first thing I do once uh, someone comes to me and they say, I'm looking for a new job or I'm thinking about switching careers and or I just know that I'm not totally satisfied or, you know, I'm not finding meaning in my work anymore is we uh, make sure that we have career clarity. So career clarity is just being very clear on what uh, someone's goals are, you know, what job titles, what types of companies, what types of industries they're targeting. And I let people know, uh, if you don't know that and you're not able to give me five example jobs you're looking to apply for, then we need to take a step back and get really clear on what your goals even are. Because if you write a general resume that's not targeted to any particular job or focus, 
um, you're really just writing to nobody, right? And that resume isn't going to get a great response. And then even if you do get an interview, when you get into the interview in today's competitive market and someone asks, what are your career goals? How does this job fit in with, with your career goals? You know, why do you want to work here and why are you a good fit? It will be very difficult to authentically and convincingly answer all of those questions. So I just always let people know you can put a lot of work into things, but it's so much easier when you take the time to get clear. And then once you're clear, it's very easy to understand what the steps are and what your action plan is. And then as you're interviewing, if you are very clear on who you are and why you want, want to achieve these goals and you know, who you are and how you can really contribute in these roles, then everything else flows a lot easier as well. So once we get clarity, then we look at the resume, the LinkedIn profile, cover letter, and also the look and feel and the design of the resume itself and make sure that you know, it really is to the standard of being able to apply for those jobs. Um, once we have those materials all set, then I work with clients on a strategy to fill the pipeline with interviews. And that's everything from you know, learning how to effectively leverage someone's network to you know, get referrals into companies. Mm -hmm. It's reaching out to people cold on LinkedIn and you know, asking for referrals. And then it's also networking online and identifying organizations where other professionals are hanging out and might have access to job opportunities. And then of course, you can also apply cold through the job search websites. Um, that definitely is a strategy that gets results, but also you never want to just rely on that because mm -hmm. things are so competitive right. and you always want to find ways of having an edge and you know being able to get in front of people more frequently. Once clients land interviews, then I'll work with them in terms of interview coaching. And with that, we'll work together first on scripting out answers to all the possible questions. Um, I help people just really review their content and make sure that their answers are really strong. Mm -hmm. And then I help people with mock interviews. So we'll actually practice and I'll pretend to be the interviewer, we'll record it, and mm -hmm. then uh, people can really practice through the questions. And then they can also watch themselves afterwards as well. Um, after the interview process, then, you know, as the offers start coming in, I help with salary negotiation. Um, there I'm usually able to help people get an extra twenty to $50,000 in compensation uh, between, you know, cash, bonus, equity, so it's time well spent. Uh, and then once that's done, then I help people with onboarding. And there's a great book called The First 90 Days. And I help a lot of people uh, set up their 30, 60, 90 day plan, identify key wins that they can get in the first 30 days, and also really navigate the politics of their new organization. Right. So one thing that I realized, you just do not only supervise things or just, you know, mm -hmm. correct a couple of things on the resume or LinkedIn and suggest a couple of things for the interview and stuff like that. You really, it's it's basically like hand-holding a person from the beginning till the end until mm -hmm. the person is completely settled and satisfied. <laughs> it's a lot more comprehensive 
than than what I thought it is. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Thank you, Joyce, for this uh, elaborative answer, which is so useful. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Now, because we are today talking about the importance of having a professionally written resume or having a professionally written LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. what, according to you, are the five basic rules of writing a professional resume to be considered for selection in the interviews? Yeah, that's another great question. So I would say there's several main roles. So first of all, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that these days we're tracking so many more metrics and um, a, a resume that has numbers that really back up uh, you know, the size and scale at which you've worked and that really demonstrate and show proof that you've been really successful is always going to win against a resume that just doesn't have as much detail about your actual accomplishments is people really want to see how good someone was at their job. So uh, quantified success metrics like increased sales by X percent year over year or decreased costs by Y percent, uh, those are really powerful. Um, Or something like, you know, if you're in customer service, processed hundreds of tickets per week, something like that. Also, keeping your resume to two pages or less is really important. Uh, I even have some clients who have worked at various companies and said, if we got a resume that was longer than was three pages or longer, we would just get rid of it right away. We really want people who know how to communicate and uh, you know are not going to send, send us uh, the great American novel. And so um, keeping your resume brief is also uh, really important. Uh, There's definitely a lot of debate around should a resume still only be within one page. And I would say that if, you know, if things are really moving in the direction of quantified success metrics, that two pages is fine. And we've never really gotten any feedback from, from clients that we've worked with who have said, hey, I'm not getting enough response to my resume. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because, you know, it's two pages. (laughs) So, um, but three pages is too long. Okay. Uh, I would also suggest using what I call power words to position yourself if you are a, in a leadership role. So this is a key technique from sales. They're words that make things sound important and position you as a leader, such as spearheaded, led, drove, and managed. And then there are words that really make your efforts and your accomplishments sound less than such as supported, coordinated, or assisted with. And so just being really aware of how you're positioning yourself and your word choices can be really important. Um, The other rule is really including more details. Sometimes we see a lot of resumes that come through when we work with clients where the description of what they did at the job is so generic, it's so high level, that it basically isn't really saying much. It's really not giving enough details about what specifically that person did on a day-to-day basis and why their work was important. So the details can make a big difference in helping you stand out. Uh, otherwise, that resume you know, and the candidate themselves will just really sound very generic. And when there are could be 500 or 700 people applying for one job, you really need to be standing out. And then finally, I would say the fifth rule is being clear about your target jobs and the types of companies that you're targeting. 
and then actually going to those job descriptions and pulling keywords or even entire bullet points from those job descriptions and incorporating them into your resume. And you might already have that on, on the resume, but maybe it's not worded in a similar way to the job description. So as much as possible, um, when a candidate's resume is really um, you know, sounding like the job description, that's when it's really optimized. So that's definitely a step that we take. So summarizing the five rules would be highlighting your achievements, keeping it short and concise, preferably to two pages, using of power words to better position yourself, including details and not just mentioning high level information about your experiences and being clear about your target job. Wonderful. So Joyce, I've seen people popping their resumes on LinkedIn as if it's just a digital platform to promote their resumes. I believe this is not the right strategy because a resume and LinkedIn profile are meant for two different purposes and they should be treated differently. I'm asking you as a professional, what is the difference between a resume and a LinkedIn profile of a candidate? Yeah, uh, that is a wonderful question and definitely uh, something that people ask me all the time. So there are a number of different uh, you know, uh, tweaks that we usually make between the resume and the LinkedIn profile. And I think the other thing that's important to understand is the purpose of each of these different assets. So a resume is usually being seen by a hiring manager and a recruiter, and it really should give a comprehensive view of you know, everything that you've done and the full range of your skills and experience. And it can also, because it's not being circulated publicly, it is okay for it to have a little bit more confidential information, right? For instance, uh, like the, a sales increase year over year, or maybe listing a couple of key reference clients that are well known that you've worked with. Um, your LinkedIn profile is public. And so you definitely want to, you know, if you're incorporating information from the resume and adding it into LinkedIn, you definitely want to scrub it for any confidential information or numbers um, and anything that you know, uh, you know a company wouldn't really want to be public. So that's one thing. And then structurally, you know, the, the LinkedIn profile has a couple of sections that a resume doesn't. It has the headline, which is the one liner about you. And usually where that comes up is if someone is searching for uh, candidates, uh, for instance, by job title and a list of people show up, the first thing uh, that you know, a recruiter or hiring manager would see is they would see your name and then they would see the headline. And then they kind of have to make a decision. Oh, is this headline intriguing enough for me to click through and actually look at this profile? So um, that headline is really important. And so we look at what someone's goal is, and then we would say, okay, if this person's goal is, um, you know, to be a VP of product, then let's incorporate that into the headline. And let's also incorporate what industries or what type of software they're interested in building and you know where their experience is. Or if they have domain expertise in a particular industry, let's definitely include that. So the headline is really powerful for marketing. 
And then the second thing that LinkedIn allows you to do is it really allows you to get more personal. So usually in the about section, you know, on a resume, you're, you're pretty much limited by space. So you really shouldn't put more than three or four sentences in a professional summary. But on LinkedIn, you can have as much space as you want. And so uh, what we usually do there is we'll personalize that about section by writing everything in the first person. And then mm -hmm. we'll also add in more personality, things about you know that person's approach towards things, the types of problems they love to solve, and you know, a little bit more information about their philosophy and who they are. So um, adding in that personality really helps someone's LinkedIn profile stand out. And then if they're an executive, we also will summarize all the different high level types of skills they might have, right? If it's someone who's a CEO um, and they've done everything from marketing to product, to sales, to business mm -hmm. development, we can add in a a lot more information about their key accomplishments. That's actually a great suggestion, Joyce, because um, it's an eye-opener for people, for mm -hmm. most of the candidates to quickly now go back and check their resumes and LinkedIn profiles, how they have messed it up, because this information mm -hmm. that LinkedIn profile is public and resumes are a little more professional and for the hiring managers only so that you can add a little more confidential information to express more of your experience. This is a great advice and this is a great insight to differentiate between the two and get them both you know organized the way they should be enjoy yourself there are automated resume screening softwares or applicant tracking systems ats that are being used by organizations to reduce the manual process of scanning and shortlisting most of the relevant profiles do you think this could be one of the reasons why one should consider having a professionally done resume so that it can be picked by these softwares because now a human is not picking up a resume by uh, thoroughly looking at it but a software is doing all the job considering this what is the importance of having a professionally written resume now yes uh, the applicant tracking systems are definitely another layer of screening which has made it even more challenging to get in front of the right people and get noticed and land interviews and that's definitely something that I work with in, in terms of you know the resume writing process and uh, the best way to think about it is that uh, in terms of the applicant tracking systems when your resume has the right keywords and it's really matching you know that job description then it's going to be a lot easier to you know, have your resume stand out and make the cut and you know be seen by the hiring manager or the recruiter and um, there are a lot of tips and tricks in terms of how exactly to really optimize so that um, you're not getting screened out by the applicant tracking system. So, and there are so many rules around this that it's very time consuming for someone who's not a professional to try to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say that we've had a lot of great client response um, after we've rewritten people's resumes where a, a couple of people have said, you know, I applied to 10 or 12 jobs and I got responses from all of them. Or another, another client said that after we did his rewrite, he was getting three times the amount of responses. So I would say if anyone is getting a lot of automatic rejections and one key way that you can tell that you're 
just automatically getting rejected by the applicant tracking system is if you get a response um, and an automated email within minutes or within an hour, then it means a human never even saw your resume. So the challenge in the current job market is not just only impressing a human, but also mm -hmm. being able to impress a machine or a software. <laughs> yes, yes, very true. Oh, okay. Just imagine if a person gets through the software ATS and his uh, profile gets shortlisted by the hiring manager, mm -hmm. he still has only a couple of percentage of good chances to be considered for the pre-screen telephonic interview. So for the first eight or 10 seconds, when the hiring manager is actually looking at the resume, a hiring manager is probably not going to spend minutes on a single resume. So how should a person create that impact in those couple of seconds when the resume gets into the hand of the hiring manager? Yes, Priya, you are absolutely right. Recruiters are scanning resumes really quickly. And I have been a hiring manager for many years. So I've been on that side of the experience as well, where there just isn't a lot of time. So you learn to scan very briefly. And so a couple things that are really important are um, to write in, uh, for candidates to write in a very brief, concise style. So it's easy for recruiters to see the most important um, aspects of each job experience. And then you know, these days, it used to be that people had a lot of information on page one at the top in terms of a long professional summary, key accomplishments and skills. And these days we're seeing that recruiters really just want to get into what someone's experience was right away. And so as, uh, if you can really minimize the amount of information at the top of the first page and just jump right into job experience, that's ideal. You definitely have a short professional summary, um, but you know, skills, we usually move to the bottom of the resume um, as well as education. And then bullet points are really key for readability. So you don't want a recruiter to have to wade through a huge paragraph to try to find your information. They'll probably just get really frustrated and move on to the next resume. Um, so bullet points and writing in a very, very concise manner is important. So probably the, uh, the best way to think about it is a resume should be more like poetry and less like prose. And uh, the other reason that it's important not to be too long-winded is that also doesn't really come off as very professional. And more and more um, younger people who grew up in the age of social media and Twitter and everything just being these little sound bites, um, younger managers and hiring managers get really annoyed by someone who just takes two, two or three times as long to answer questions or just gives too much information. So that's also um, something that I coach a lot of older clients on. And I just say, I know you have a lot of experience, you have a lot of information, but just remember the goal of your resume is to just get you the first interview. And you don't want to dump everything um, all at once and people don't really look on that favorably. 
yeah also you need to keep something to yourself so that you are talking about some other experiences that you've had in your journey apart from what is all mentioned on your resume already and the hiring manager probably already knows another thing is that you know we we are in the seo world as well people are making use of uh, keywords uh, while writing resumes uh what do you think are using these specific keywords in resume a good practice and if yes how can one be sure to pick the relevant or the popular one yes absolutely keywords are essential and that's one big thing that the applicant tracking systems are using they're counting up the number of keywords that are relevant to the job um, that you have in your resume. So one key thing that we do is when we help a client rewrite their resume is we'll ask them for five target jobs and then we'll pull the keywords in the language from those job descriptions and really mm-hmm. infuse them into the resume. And we'll also look at the main roles and responsibilities and qualifications and make sure to incorporate as much of that as possible as well so that's the shortcut linking the keywords from the job description only really matters and it can mm-hmm. actually make a huge difference right yeah and that makes a huge difference both in terms of getting through the applicant tracking system as well as when your right. resume is in front of a hiring manager or recruiter because they'll read it and say Oh, this candidate just really seems to be a good fit. They've done most of the things that we were looking for in the job description. That's a wonderful advice, Joyce. Thank you. So, coming back to the traditional resume, what kind of format works the best in the industry or in any industry? What kind of font size to use or maybe the language, the graphics? If at all person should use uh, some photograph on the resume, what do you think? What kind of format is standard in your opinion? or as per your experience? Yes, this is another great question. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the applicant tracking systems, which almost every company uses. And so uh, one of the ways of uh, you know, getting screened out is by having a resume that is very complicated in the formatting. Uh, the, the automated software sometimes cannot really parse very complicated formats. Mm-hmm. And so I recommend just going with a one column resume. Um, anytime you have multiple columns, that just increases the chances that you know a less sophisticated applicant tracking system will have challenges reading the resume. And then, um, you know, no tables. Again, that's another thing that can really confuse the the applicant tracking system. And then in terms of fonts, the best fonts are really just anything that's very standard, easy to read, like Arial or Verdana or Times New Roman. We usually use Arial because it really is just very simple and straightforward to read. Um, bullet points are fine and that really um, helps in terms of the readability right and then typically pdf is going to be the best because then you can really ensure whatever formatting you had um, in mind is definitely going to be preserved if you send in something in word depending on what version people have or, or if, whether they have the font that you have it may not read as intended so just summarizing no tables in the resume using single columns um you making use of standard fonts like arial bullets are okay and uh, sharing your resume in pdf file works really well 
well, right? Exactly. Yes. And what would be your opinion about using a profile photograph on the top of your resume? Should this be recommended or not? Yeah, good question. I would say that um, you know, it, right now, um, a, a number of conversations that have been happening um, mm. throughout our country um, have involved, uh, you know, implicit bias and you know discrimination. And so, typically, when I think about um, anything that gives some someone more information about you know your profile and background. It typically, um, there's more of a risk that it can hurt rather than help um, in that, you know, people have all sorts of implicit biases or unconscious biases around gender, age, or ethnicity. And so it's usually best just not to provide more information. That makes it easier for a person to be less biased and shortlist mm -hmm. the candidate basis, the experience and the qualification rather than prejudice coming in between and messing it up. That's a wonderful advice. Thank you so much. I'm sure um, there are people out there who have gained a lot of knowledge and a lot of information out of this session today. You had some of the amazing tips to share today with us and I'm so impressed with the way you truly handhold a candidate throughout the process. Uh, having said that, I'm so sure that people would love to get associated with you for a professional rewrite of their resume or LinkedIn profile or to get guidance on their you know, professional careers or career transition and stuff like that. I would leave this platform to you to tell people how do they get in touch with you if they are looking for a professional guidance from you. Oh, thank you, Priya. It's been a pleasure being here. And I always love talking about resumes and LinkedIn profiles mm -hmm. and career strategies. Uh, would love to hear from anyone. And the best way to reach me is either through LinkedIn or through my email. So mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, there's only one. You can either search for my name, Joyce Guan West, and that's spelled J-O-Y-C-E, G-U-A-N, and then W-E-S-T, or my email address, which is Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, at JoyceGuanWest.com. It was so good to have you on our show today. Thank you so much, Joyce, for your time and for your wonderful advices. It was so nice talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, Priya. I had a lot of fun talking with you and you were an excellent host and you asked a lot of really amazing questions. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode that intends to help you refine your professional profiles for better. Remember, if you can't do it yourself, ask for a professional help whenever you can. This is all for today, but if you have any suggestions or want to learn about something through our podcast, do write in to me at Digicom Manager, that is D-I-G-I-C-O-M-M -M Manager at P-M-I-S-F-B-A-C.org and I would be happy to put it together in my next episode. Till then, don't forget to join pmisfbac.org and never stop learning something new because learning is the basis of everything and everything comes back to the basics.